Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And and I'm just, like, really confused about all of this. So, so back in 2006, he was called Little Bow Wow, and now he's just called Bow Wow. We got a, we got a Tyrese situation, but in reverse. What's what's next? Like like when Vin Diesel comes back for the fourth one, he's just like, no, my name's Diesel. Just stop I'm, it. My name's Van Diesel. <laughs> I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> yes, Tyrese is clearly shrinking. Uh, it's me, Britain. Your I ultimate think... otaku. Hmm? <laughs> okay. All right. Processing that. Um, I think the ideal would actually be uh, Vinti Diesel. Oh, okay. That's actually better. That's the joke. <laughs> Hang on. Restart the recording again. Vin- Vinti Diesel's very good. Uh, I'm kind of a macchiato pumpkin spot. Uh, <laughs> Go see Bloodshot in theaters this weekend because nobody else will. Hey, can I get a shot of blood in my Vinti Diesel? <laughs> like that you're going up to a starbucks and being like can i get a venti uh, pumpkin spice diesel <laughs> this is like how you know like you're a real cool starbucks customer if you're like can i get a venti diesel all right and the barista's like oh god he's done this three times today it's just it's just black coffee that's no, <laughs> all it is dude <laughs> oh yeah so yeah this week um we are talking about the fast and the furious tokyo drift yeah, we're taking a plane, going to the land of the rising sun. Oh yeah, in the middle of the world we float, in the middle of the sea. The realities remain remote, in the middle of the sea. That's from Pacific Overtures, the Stephen Sondheim musical about American, well really Western imperialism and how it changed America. And will change Japan for the worse or for the better. You'll have to watch the show to find out. The, uh, there's the line in The Last Jedi that's become like a meme where he's like, amazing, every sentence you just said or every, every word in that sentence was wrong or something like that. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I, I need that. I need, I need to have that on file. But instead of that, it's every word in that sentence was confusing. (laughs) That would be very applicable (laughs) to the things I say on this show. I really, I thought I might, I thought I might've known where you're going. And then I just, no, no, this is, I don't know. Nobody knows what that musical is. (laughs) It's a great musical. I mean, I'm intrigued now. You've sold me on it. It's a, it's a, it's a very, very good show. Uh, the original production starred Mako, the great actor who played Iroh on Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay. So that's pretty <laughs> You brought it back into the realm of my knowledge. Yeah, and the, and the revival starred B.D. Wong. We all love B.D. Wong. Sure. But you know what didn't star Mako? The Fast and the Furious <laughs> Tokyo Drift. That's 100% true. Accurate, that I is think. true. Directed by Justin Lin it. from 2006, it has a 37% critic score on oh, Rotten wow. Tomatoes and a 69% audience score. Nice. Uh, that, I believe both of those are just marginally higher than 30, uh, the previous Was film. the other one not 37? I thought Too Fast, Too Furious was also 37. It was Could a 36. Uh, oh, wow. Moving on up. And a 50% audience score. Fascinating. Interesting. And now this is the uh, the first uh, entry by the I would say in many ways the main director of this franchise, yeah. Justin Lin, yeah. yes. who has directed now, including the forthcoming ninth one, five movies. No, I think yes. just four, four, three. Well, it's three. Is it three? Four, it should be three, four, five, six, six and nine, and yeah. then nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So not so five. Okay. Yeah. He. Uh, this is this is the start. 
of something new feels so right to be here with you. Is that the High School Musical? That is. Okay. That's the High School Musical. I was not expecting a High School Musical reference. Hey, neither was I. But Fast you know me. The Furious Tokyo Drift. But you know, oh, I, I think that I was your s- mistake. <laughs> that was that was indeed my mistake. I got a song in my heart. Yeah, this um. Now this movie to to kind of set things up for uninitiated viewers. This movie does not feature most of the pre-established uh, main crew. No Tej, no Hector, no uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Brian. Brian, no Tyrese. But it's was later retconned as taking place in the future? Supposedly, yes, I guess. Their, it's... With their 2006 flip phones and their iPods. Yeah, we do know. We were discussing this beforehand that we really don't know the de- because we know that there's some stuff that goes on with like Han, yeah, from this movie uh, later in the franchise where they like, and that's I think that's largely why this movie gets some like retroactive treatment. I don't really know. Yeah, I, mean, I guess we'll find that out. I do like that we're discussing the the issue of timeline. Sure. <laughs> since in the Fast and Furious, I am. Movies. Yeah, yeah, I'm on board. Um, so I think that could be cool. You know, um, I, I like the because I always thought of this as like this outlier movie, mm-hmm. but the idea that they find a way to merge it, if you will, yeah. with the others, I think is a, is, is a pretty appealing idea. That was kind of my read on it too. Not having watched the movie, I, I thought it was like, oh, this is like they completely have no idea where to go with the franchise. I don't know how the second one performed, but it probably wasn't as well as the first one. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do. They want to take it to a completely different setting. It probably had a lower budget. It was almost like a straight-to-DVD type film. Yeah. That, that was my read on it. And then I watched the movie. I'm like, oh, the production value is actually better than both of the previous films. It, yeah, it looks more – it has like – it seems like it would be a straight-to-DVD, but Too Fast, Too Furious looks like a straight-to-DVD movie. Yeah. Um, but that said, I can totally see why this movie would follow with a soft reboot. Right. Why they would say, let's go back to the basics, let's kind of revamp. And, Supposedly, and the budget was about the same as Too Fast, Too Furious. Interesting. It's uh, both around uh, $80 million. Oh, okay. This one uses its budget much more effectively, I feel. Yeah. A lot <laughs> of that might have, and some of that might have just been, I don't know what the cost of like filming overseas and sure. stuff like that. I, I, mean, I, I don't know how that I mean, I also, things. I think Justin Lin just, um, what else has he done recently? Um, Ooh, what has he done? Star Trek made... Beyond. Right, yeah, yes, yes. That. Uh, that was the one I was trying to think of. Um, and so I, I and which was, a lot of people say, is their their favorite of the, the three uh, new Star Trek movies. Um, and so may, I, it could just be more effective use of budget. Um, it's a, seems to be a, a solid director, as we will evaluate over the next three films. Yeah, um, who wants to start with best and worst things? I think you should start. <gasps> oh, you're turning the tables on me. Um, well, I've already kind of gone ahead and given away my best thing, which is just the general directing of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, remember how I was complaining in the, the past couple films? Like, oh, I didn't. I don't think the races are all that great for the most part. Yeah. Like the, there's a lot of really noticeable CGI. I mean, there still is some noticeable CGI in this with some of the car races, but I, I, at a certain point, I don't think you can completely get away with no, not, yeah. with not no, using that. Certainly, yeah. But I thought all the races in this were awesome, <laughs> and I, I thought they were it, yeah. really well done. And they really benefit from the the I guess, for want of a phrase, gimmick 
in this is a practical stunt, not a yeah. super chemical. Yes. yes. Where in the past they're like, they use this magical compound called mm-hmm. NOS that makes them go super fast. And this is like, we do a cool trick mm-hmm. that is used quite effectively. But even like they use NOS once in the film mm-hmm. and they have that gag with the oh, cops not do. being able to catch them, which I thought yeah, was kind yeah, of yeah. funny. Yeah, um, that's good. But even then, like the way that shot, I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is perfectly fine. I'm not taken out of the movie because it looks like a terrible uh, hyperspace effect <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. There are also a lot of neat. He does a lot of neat stuff with the camera. There's a lot of like yes. curving cameras and like. Mm-hmm. I remember there was this cool shot where I think it's the first time he races Morimoto in like the parking garage. The guy who stands in between the cars and flags him to start the race. Yes, he goes start, and the camera like pulls back as the the car as the yeah. cars drive away from the camera. I know exactly what you're talking but about. But that created like a a better sense of momentum and depth, which yeah. I thought was really mm-hmm. cool. And there's a lot of of just really neat like he the way he he angles the camera around yeah. stuff like it was it was there were times the editing was too frantic for me, but yeah. overall there are some nice long shots and oh, yeah, I just, this yeah. was I just appreciated okay. even in just dialogue scenes like the, the sure. cameras like free flowing like I, mm-hmm. I don't know it felt a lot more dy- dynamic than the the past couple particularly the second one because like yeah. the second one in retrospect does feel like uh, not necessarily a TV movie but it, or maybe no, a, it's a DVD movie yeah yeah, yeah. um the yeah I I feel like because this is not Justin Lin's first movie but it, I think it is probably the first one with anything comparable to this budget. Yeah, like we said, about eighty million. Yeah, he made um, Annapolis. I think was the other big one he made before this. Um, I was gonna just gonna say, my I felt like very much it was a a uh, first time big budget movie director who is good at his job, getting to kind of do some tricks and do some fun stuff with it. Um, I think there there was maybe not like an excessive amount, but I, I feel like there were times where I was kind of like, I don't know why you did that shot that way. That mm-hmm. was a little much. There, there's one where he flips um oh i can't remember what the actual like there's some transition between two scenes where the camera just flips upside down yeah it's during the montage one of the many montages in this movie Mm -hmm. where um lucas black's character is is trying to practice the drifting or he's prepping for the race yeah yeah at the end. Um, and I think it, like, doesn't it flip to him being at the race or something? I don't know. It's something along those lines. Yeah, it um, flips from him, like, practicing drifting to, I think he's in the race against the bad guy's, like, second-hand man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, yeah. Which, uh, I mean, I'm not really against, necessarily, being being crazy with the camera work. It's kind of fun. I thought it was neat. <laughs> um, but, and that even that one particularly, I'm not, I don't, like, hate. But I, I feel like there was a lot of that where he was kind of just, like, trying stuff out and being, like... I can do this. I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think looks quite good. Um, I guess in terms of my worst thing, it's just the plot feels, like, really shallow and thin. Sure. And I had basically no emotional investment, and I didn't quite know what the stakes were a lot of the time. Um, particularly yeah. at the end yeah. with the race. That was, if I win this race, the Yakuza don't kill me. <laughs> I think that's accurate, yes. Yeah, but... Because it is a weird, like, shift in scale where it's like, I gotta get these guys to quit being mean to me and drive a car real good, too. The Yakuza might destroy me but and no, my... But, but, like, when he goes path. to confront the... I can't remember the bag. Uh, we'll just call him a DK. When, yeah, when he goes to um 
It's a yeah, it's ridiculous. But he goes to confront like his uncle, and he's like, "I've got, I've got, I've got the money, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna race DK, and it's gonna be cool, man. Cause Fast and Furious, yo, we gonna mm-hmm. race." I'm like, "Why are you doing that?" Like, and and he starts to go like, "Oh, uh, me and DK, like we've done nothing but cause you problems. Like, you haven't caused him any problems." Well, I, th- I, th- I think that was. I don't think the movie believes that. I think that was him. Like, I have to supplicate myself before this gangster to, to act like, look at all these terrible things I've done. I, I, I think that was a, a character choice to, like, over-apologize in order to gain his favor. I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I didn't it, – it didn't come across as genuine to me whether or not he was actually kind of exaggerating his apology yeah. or not. I don't know. I, I Like, Lucas Black's fine in the movie. I, I thought he felt – flat in a lot of places but i didn't really care about his character not to say that i mean we've talked about it like paul walker's character isn't all that interesting either but i felt a lot more sympathy towards him than i did this guy i i think that's just there's not much on the page yeah for him to grab having seen lucas black and other things where he's fantastic Mm. um i i i think that just wasn't much on the yeah, well, the only girlfriend. place where I thought the movie really excelled in terms of casting was just the the actor who plays DK, mm-hmm. um, and I guess uh, Han is is pretty yeah. enjoyable too. Even though he's got such a weird delivery, where like everything he's yes. saying, like he it all sounds robotic, but at the same time, it's it's somewhat charismatic. It's mm-hmm. a very weird contradiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought those two were like the only really fun parts of the movie. Like uh, Bow Wow's okay. I thought about yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, he was better than I thought he was going to be. But I, I like he's not nearly as fun as like Ludacris in the last sure. one. No, I really enjoyed um, the character. I think his name is Morimoto. He's the blonde guy who's like kind of the like the mini rival before yes. DK. Yeah, he's who, the like, guy that he beats in the race. Yeah, yeah. He's played by an actor called Leonardo Nam or Nam, who I know because he plays my man Felix on Westworld who is the polar opposite of this guy. Felix is, like, very quiet and very shy. He's, like, one of the techs mm-hmm. um, uh, who, like, helps out Tandy Newton in season one. Yeah, I do know who you're talking about. And I was, and, which was so cool to see him play this totally different kind of guy. Huh. He's also the subject of one of my favorite shots of the entire series in season two. It's a beautiful shot of him just, like, standing in, like, under, like, a stormy sky looking awesome. But I was like, that's Felix. That's so yeah. cool. But also, that that was, you know, because uh, I've seen him in another thing. Mm. I, I, I feel like the last movie, you had this explosions of these explosions of charisma from, like, Tyrese and Ludacris yeah. and, yeah. and everything. And, and in here it was like, I was kind of going off of, I've seen you, the actors I know in this, I've seen them in other movies and like them. Yeah. So good well, job, you guys. In a weird way, it feels kind of like an inverse of the second one in terms of, of where the priorities are. Because this mm. one has a much better villain. Um, yeah. and, and a lot better action scenes in general production, but that one had better, you know, main characters and kind of our, right. our group of people that we like and care it felt about. Like an, it felt like an overall more energetic, yeah. like, fun, wacky ride. Yeah. I, I found this one kind of, like, like I, I think this one's the perfect comparison to, like, fast food or, like, candy or junk food where it's just like, oh, it's really enjoyable. I'm not going to remember this, like, 20 <laughs> sure. minutes after I watch it. Sure. Um. I don't know. It was it was very entertaining, but yeah, not not much to stick to my brain. I gotcha. My turn. Yeah. 
So my worst thing is going to be the misogyny gets worse in each movie. You think so? Uh, I'm not sure about that. The, okay, well. I think, I think it's, for me, <clears throat> I feel like it's, uh, it goes down very far in Too Fast, Too Furious and recovers a little bit in this one. Maybe, yeah. I, I just, <coughs> I never thought I would think to myself, we need more feminism. Get me Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, may, may, mainly what I'm talking about in this movie is that, one, there is now one female character of any yes, real import true. who doesn't really do anything and is mostly just there for the guys to fight over. Uh, which is similar to Ava Mendez, and the last time that Ava Mendez was a little bit more of a person. The problem with having this movie is, or very early on, Lucas Black uh, gets in an argument with Zachary Ty Bryan, mm-hmm. which is a real human name. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, is talking to the guy's girlfriend, and they start arguing, and they're like, "We'll race. What's the prize?" And then she goes, "The winner gets me." And I was like, I don't like that movie. That's not a good one. Now, <clears throat> later during the drive, she would say, right. looks like I got a new date to prom. And I was like, what you should have said was, the line of dialogue should have been, winner gets to take me to prom, winner gets to take me on a date, not the That's winner a, that is gets a good point. me. Because I was going to say, I do like that during the drive, she's like, right. Because she's, she's just like, oh, I assume my boyfriend's going to beat him and I want to, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know. And that is, yeah, that, that is fair. But then, like the the phrasing of that when she first says it is like that's not a good one <laughs> on that oh, though. The the way she was kind of handling herself in that scene, I was like, is she just pitting them against each other because she's like a sick individual? Like, that's, she, well, she's a <laughs> seems a little bit. She's young. an agent of chaos. <laughs> There's a deleted scene from this where before Lucas Black comes out to school, Tom Hiddleston is sitting on that car and he's like, <laughs> time to get to work. And then he morphs into her. And then he morphs into Anthony Hopkins and then <laughs> morphs into her. Oh, darn it. But he's wearing the same thing. He's wearing the um, Captain America outfit. Yeah. Anyway. Which I don't understand about this woman. She's like a dog chasing a car. <laughs> she, um, but yeah, so, so I think that kind of, that, that, that bugged me about the movie. And that, again, throughout the movie, you just mostly have a lot of women in the background yeah. just rubbing themselves on cars, I, getting I in and out of cars. I like the, um, the actual visuals were less like, up, up yes, the skirts. Of yes, women I agree. As, more, especially there, the last one. There were a couple of down the shirts, but sure. yeah, not as badly. And I think it was more that the the first movie, at least, a lot of that using women as set decoration was somewhat mitigated by you had two women who were clearly like uh, uh, women with their own uh, autonomy mm-hmm. in in the world of the movie. Mm-hmm. And again, these are not treatises on modern feminism at all, but like. It was something where I was like, okay, I don't like that, but at least you have like two women who are also distinct personalities who are like their their own part of the story, and and this saw like a drop from that. My best thing about the movie, I'm going to say, well, I have, I have really I have two, is where that would be a problem. I felt like this movie continued the trend of the non-white characters did not feel used, quote mm-hmm. unquote, like. I really liked how well Japan was treated in this movie, where it, yes. it wasn't treated like this, um, just like a tourist attraction, or just like a commercial for Japan, but it also, what we didn't get a ton of jokes of Lewis Black like, making fun of Japan, making fun of the weird things they say. Or there's, a few, there's a couple of moments of, like, Stranger in a Strange Land, well, like, the, uh, how do I adjust to well, this? Well, that's what I was going to say, is I, it's not like fish out of water the way... 
I feel like a lot of movies would handle that with like a couple of little side mm-hmm. jokes about like oh we can't understand this person and they're trying to because yeah. I think there's a there's a little bit where um like maybe his teacher's trying to talk to him in English but also yeah um <clears throat> there's also parts where he's like his teacher is also just talking to him in Japanese yeah and he cannot understand her right and right. like I feel like the movie does a lot more to work in the fact that he is very alienated and to make it yeah. feel like oh, this is what it feels like to go somewhere where you don't speak the language and you have no idea what the customs are. Right. Not like, oh, isn't their isn't their culture silly? Isn't their culture... Exactly. You know, exactly. It's, it's like, which, obviously, Justin Lin, I don't know what his... He's um, uh, Taiwanese-American. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would assume he'd, he'd have a little more empathy in that regard, so that, that yeah, makes sense to me. Um, for sure. But it just, yeah, it felt more like, oh, he's... He's going to this new new place and he just doesn't know like, yeah, and how to Yeah, and, and it's himself. unusual, not... And, like, they didn't have any uh, people from Japan speaking – trying to use, like, American slang terms in, like, a way that, yes. like, oh, and their accent's so silly when yep. they try to say yo yep. or something. Yep. And they avoided that. Really, my favorite thing in the movie, my ultimate best thing, is the following exchange. You don't want to mess with DK. You know what DK stands for, right? And then Lucas Black goes, Donkey Kong. <laughs> it's the best part of the movie. I rewound that. <laughs> I was like, wait, what was that? Donkey Kong. Heck yeah, dude. Love that. Because guess what? When we meet his mom, she she's like, I can't believe, you know, we got to send you away to Japan. We've been moving around. We meet his dad, who's very effectless. Mm-hmm. His dad is just like, I'm really upset with you. But also, I look. he's very timid, his mm-hmm. dad. Mm-hmm. You, when you stand in my house, you're going to obey my rules. I, and then I, Lucas Black is like, man, we had to move around a lot, and it was crazy. But my daddy, he just, you know, he he's in the Army or the Navy. I don't know. And like I love Lucas Black's accent. I think it's like, and I unironically, I think it's so great that this guy, he was a child actor from Alabama, who like does not take roles where he mm-hmm. can't use his accent. Yeah. And I love that because you do not have that many actors in the world who are not only cast as like regional extras who retain that like really s- specific regional accent. And I love that. And I love that the movie doesn't make fun of him for it. But it's also just fun to listen to. Sure. Then to hear his parents and like, I don't know where you got Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you got that from, Lucas. Oh, he's so great. That's me. I was just gonna say I feel like the the actor who played the dad was pretty bad, and I feel like hmm. they could have found a way to strip that plot line out of the movie or make it more yeah, impactful probably. or something. It I don't was, even know that he it was, was it was so milquetoast and just yeah. like there was nothing to it. He he wasn't bad to me so much as he was just, like, effectless. He was just kind of there. Ebert, I was reading his three out of four star review of this movie, <laughs> and he said that there's even a speech his dad gives that should be rubber stamped at this point. Like, this isn't a game. If you're going to be under my house, it's my rules. Like, yeah. we, just, we just know that speech. It's just right. there. Right. But, yeah. Tyler? Um, yeah, I actually, I think my best thing is going to be specifically what they do with Lucas Black's character. Um mm. Because I actually really enjoyed. I feel like there there are multiple moments where they do a thing that is not the thing that you normally do in an action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which, especially in like two thousand six, mm-hmm. like yeah, good on you. Um, we we were talking beforehand about the use of technology in this movie because the movie has a lot of like people holding up flip phones and that sort of thing. And uh, we well, I guess we'll address that when they eventually slide the movie around. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know what kind of timeline we're. Or maybe we'll just forget because the movie series expects you to forget. That's also possible. Uh, well, that was my first thought. I was like, it's you know, it's like it's like with Marvel where you you know 
they the Fantastic Four were made in the '60s, but then as time goes on, they're just like, no, actually, that was ten years ago. Yeah, and they just kind of rolled it. Um, anyway, the the scene where he is defending Bow Wow over an iPod. Yes. Um, that uh, what's the actor's uh, Leonardo Nam? Okay. What's his name in the movie? I think it's Morimoto. That sounds right. Um, but they're fighting, and, and Lucas Black intervenes, and he's like. Hey, you, you don't want to fight, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, basically, stops him, and instead of getting into a, a big fight, he gives him. Uh, I don't know if it's his iPod or it's his. Yeah, it, yeah, his own iPod. And he's like, "Hey, you're fighting over a broken iPod. Just take mine. That's fine." Um, and it's a really nice. And then, like that, is the first scene where the love interest, whose name I can also not remember, I don't know. Um, but uh, she first is like, "Oh." Well, that was a good thing mm-hmm. he did there. Wow, okay. And they, yeah. they actually like talk a little bit after that because she opens up to him because he wasn't just like a big brawny jerk who yeah. started getting into a fight. Um, yeah, well, there's, there's another bit later in the movie where he's – it's like after something with the love triangle, he goes there and he apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry. Your life is yes. none of my business. Like I shouldn't be intruding on your life. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you don't hear that a lot from guys in movies. <laughs> from big action heroes. And that's cool um, that he was like, I'm sorry, like that was on me. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you, li- you get to live your life. And and he immediately goes to try and um, they're to tell uh, Han. He's like, hey, I'm going to pay you back for the car. Yeah, yeah. And then Han – and, and they have a cool conversation later where, where Han's like, oh, no, I, 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 could, I can buy another car. It's not that big of a deal. But what I need is loyalty. Yeah. And if you're indebted to me – and I see that you like are going to stick up to those debts. That's that's more valuable. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a really cool th- way to kind of integrate this character into the the lives of sure. all these the, this cast that we're jumping into of kind of outcasts and, and misfits and racers, <laughs> um, yakuza nephews. And <laughs> but yeah, no, I I thought that. I love that video game, Yakuza Nephew. <laughs> I want that now. Yeah, that's um, that's the next uh, Naughty Dog game, right? Yeah, I believe I think so. so I think it is. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's just neat. They they do a couple things, and I I like the fact that at the end, and that's for me kind of why I thought it worked at the end when he goes up and he's like, okay, I'm gonna give the money back to the Yakuza guy because he's like, oh, I got I got involved in this. It's really not my fault, mm-hmm. but also, like, if I hadn't been involved, it wouldn't have set off a series sure, of events sure. where, like, like I'm the reason that, uh, like, I, I believe Morimoto dies in the... Uh, he does. He His car gets hit, like, four times. His car gets... They never, like, really revisit that. No, but it's, like, multiple um, But it's, like, okay, smack, clearly, yeah. clearly he seems to be... And, like, there's the look on DK's face. He's, like, traumatized. Yeah. And so yeah. it's, like, okay, clearly he died there, and then, obviously, Han dies later. Yeah. Um... And so it's kind of like, oh, he's he, his sense of honor and his like conscience makes him want to go and make things right, yeah. even if from from our point of view, it's kind of like, well, you, you really didn't like, you, yeah, you don't, it's fine, you didn't, this is not your fault. These are crazy people, right? These yakuza, um, but it's yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting that he goes back, and then I like that scene where he he goes and is just like, hey, I wanna I wanna give you your money back. Let's call it even. I don't yeah. want to, like, let's just smooth things out. It's going to be okay, you know. Right. And he apologizes on both his and DK's behalf. And, like, I like that. I think that's a really interesting. Like, you don't see characters 
that are just like random action heroes where it's the first time you see them in a movie and they have like a code of honor. Sure. <laughs> and, and, and a sense of like practicality. Yes. Of like, but wait, a what's actually going to fix this? Yes. Uh, it's interesting. And I liked, I like what they did with him a lot. Um, his mama raised him good. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? Bad. He's so awesome. <laughs> I mainly appreciated that it wasn't just the same story told over yeah. again. I mm-hmm. was, uh, once again, kind of me having preconceived notions about the movie. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was Lucas Black is some kind of agent or sure. officer <laughs> or something having to go explore this culture that he's completely unfamiliar with. I thought that we were doing that again and that yeah. we couldn't get Paul Walker back, so we just got a replacement. Yeah. Luckily, that wasn't the case. It is very funny that they keep trying to sell Lucas Black as an 18-year-old and make like yeah, he was... constant references to it, and yeah. he's 24 in yeah. this movie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, very Toby McCarthy. Well, I've seen worse examples of that. I, I would agree, but it, 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 there's, there's a lot of like very specific, oh, we want to remind you that he's supposed to be a high schooler, like he can't drink, or he can't, he's yeah. underage. Or yeah, it is like... kind of amusing seeing these actors in an actual high school setting. Yes. A little amusing. Because <laughs> yeah, I remember there was a lot of conversation with Han where I was like, you guys are the same age. <laughs> so I remember watching that and being like, well, Han's got to check in with his parents. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, this is one of those where there's not a lot that I, I heavily disliked. Um, I think my worst thing overall is what they do with – I. I what what is the name of the love interest in this movie? I feel bad. I need to. Her, uh, Natalie Kelly is the actress, I believe. Neela, Neela, yes. Ah, right? Neela, from um, the dancer from Jabba's Palace. Correct. I think that's right. I'm confirming this. Yes, it is. Okay, there we go. Back on track. Um, because I there I thought that there was a lot of like promising stuff they were doing with her earlier, and like we mentioned, uh, I like a lot of the interactions they have with her and Lucas Black, but. They there's some very um, I mean kind of like we were talking about with the uh, the dad mm. speech. There's yeah. some very like traditional tropey, just sort of like oh he's he's trying to get with the the girl who's the girl of the the big well, bad high school bully. And, were they yeah. trying to do some kind of like oh it's poetry it rhymes with like the opening and then this where where he does that twice going after the the bully's girl. I mean, I, I guess, but also, like, the opening... And, and that was the thing. Uh, initially, when that happened at the opening, I was like, oh, okay, so so this girl's just gone, and we're not... And that's we're not, not going to be like that. That's just that's, the cold open. Yeah, I was like, that's... Well, I was glad, because I was like, that's not going to be how we, like, introduce the love interest or anything like yeah. that. that was but then that's how they introduce the love but interest. Then, but then that's what they end up doing, and so I was kind of like, okay. <laughs> well, clearly, so, what really attracts uh, Lucas Black's character is unavailability. He wants what he can't have. He's a, he's a yeah, dangerous <laughs> man behind the wheel. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like they didn't really sell me. Like there was a certain point where they kind of, which is a thing that a lot of movies do. Um, that we just got finished talking about the James Bond franchise. It's not a new thing, but just they they got to a point where they're like, yeah, we've had a few scenes. They <laughs> they love each other now. It's fine. Yeah, just going yeah. And I don't think they I don't think they kiss at the end. They don't kiss um, at all, which is movie, nice. Yeah. Um, but still, it's it, the when they kind of just like swerve her into like okay now she's the love and yeah. also I think she's one of the people who cheers when DK uh, flips off the road at the end, <laughs> which I was like there's a whole crowd cheering that I was kind of like ah, well, I guys mean, 
At that point, she's seen him like point a gun at. at That's fair. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's like pretty. What abusive. is his name actually? What is Lucas Black's name in this movie? Sean. Sean. Yes. Boswell, I think. Sean Boswell. Much like uh, our favorite, uh, isn't that the name of the character from Halt and Catch Fire? Oh, Boz, yeah. No, yeah. Bosworth. Oh. Bosworth. Bosworth, yeah. Close enough. He's worth all cousin. the Boz. Oh, he's so great. <laughs> um, that was terrible, and I apologize. Anyways, yeah, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't really caring all that much about the love interest either. Um, no. I Not think... like her character specifically, or again, Lucas Black's character, but just like, them trying to put them together yeah. felt well. One of the yeah. big things that I always find problematic in in kind of movies like this or stories like this is uh-huh. you got to sell me on why she's with the bully. Yes, and this is like the perfect example of oh, they just they don't even bother. <laughs> I mean, they they reference the fact that she grown up with I think his grandfather or something like that. She yeah, they, they, have, so, they have they so have the one token like, exposition scene yes. for her to be like, here's my backstory now without us actually feeling it or, or showing yeah. it to us. It's basically like they have history and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very by the numbers. And I didn't even have to put ketchup on it. See I'm not so much of a guy gin or whatever. <laughs> Oh, it's so great. And then she gets so mad and she's like, I'm a gaijin too. That's not fair, Lucas. My dad was a gaijin. I don't know where we go. I want to go, want to go next. I um, just wanted to point out the ridiculous Hulk car that Bow Wow has. Oh, I love and that And the Hulk reason car. that's in the movie. Because I couldn't tell whether the fist is coming out of the car or a dent in the car. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Universal has the movie rights to sure. Hulk. That's why mm. it's specifically a Hulk car. I read a, uh, a little review snippet of, from the Metacritic of, not of this movie, but of one of the later movies that said, think Universal doesn't have a superhero franchise? Think again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the that's Hulk a very just good shows point. up in one of these movies. Oh, that <laughs> just was like, yeah, so we're doing good. This. Um, no, my goodness. That is a really. I really think that's a fun scene when when they walk up and then uh, the, you know what I want going now? through the car elevator and then oh and then the, the car the, vending machine. I want yeah. I want Ed Norton to show up in these movies as the Hulk. Sure, <laughs> let's do it. This is my friend Bruce. <laughs> now there is apparently a car vending machine in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Well, neat. I don't know. That is some distance away from us. It is. Well, but we're always on the move, so we'll eventually end up there. We'll eventually end up in the car vending machine. Exactly. Stuck, Help! stuck for hours as we record our podcast <laughs> and wonder when we'll ever escape. I just wanted a Snicker bar. <laughs> but I, Did you think it sold Snickers? I thought it was a big candy. <laughs> <laughs> we all walk up and we're like, that's so crazy. Where's Britain? And I'm immediately like up against the glass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um mars da bar go on but yeah i i really enjoyed that scene um and i think that's a, that's a good introduction to this work because like I, this i think and another thing about lucas black's character in this that i really like is that they start off with oh he's doing the races he's doing the, the fast races he's just he's real fast he, he drives through construction buildings he, he doesn't he doesn't care he goes crazy uh i think he like breaks his Oh yeah, the, he gets he like starts ramming up against uh, the 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 is that is that the guy with the three names that you mentioned earlier, Zachary, Ty Brian, Brian? Yeah, I believe so. Yes, I did um, appreciate just that as a set piece. The the um, subdivision that's still being constructed. Yeah. 
I thought that was kind of funny. It was an interesting change of scenery. Yes. I also like that they went, we got to have a race. Okay, everybody, let's gather up and carpool <laughs> down to the old sub- a subdivision that's not ready yet. Better yeah. that than let's just race in the streets and then we're just going to forget the police exist until the scene's <laughs> over. Correct. Um, you know, like the but, last one? Right. Um, but I like the, that it starts off with like, oh, he's really good at these this fast race. And, you know, he just it's a normal street race and he's really good at it. And then in this, they completely are like, Oh, you you aren't good at all at the races that we have here because you have to drift and yeah. you have to drift around really tight corners, and like it's it's a simple thing, but that changes so much about I think some of the problems we have with the last two movies in terms of them just being like who can nitros better. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like yeah. what you're talking about, um, where it's just oh we're you know now he's winning now they're winning now oh oh who's gonna win oh they use the thing they like, they treat the the car chases in this almost more like fight scenes. Yeah. Then they do just straight up, oh, cars driving against another car. Yeah. Like, the fact that they're using the cars to just, like, bash into each other and they're they're trying to, like, strategically mm-hmm. get around them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it felt felt a lot more complex, but at the same time, like, I could I could tell you what was happening. Yeah. And doesn't one – in one of them, doesn't DK, like, drop some caltrops or something under his tires? Or he something does something. Like I don't yeah. think it's that. I think he, like, crashes into the side of one of the hills or something. Could be. And, and like, part of the – back of his car flies off and, okay. and it hits Lucas Black's windshield. I know that, but I remember there was, there was a part where he was like, it seemed yeah, like there, something was sparks. coming out of the back of his car to hit. Yeah. Oh, like Lucas Black was swerving or something. Maybe um, it was just like sparks or something. Yeah. Right. But so, uh, I, I think the fight scenes, I mean, the car chases, but yes, fight scenes, uh, in this, uh, th- like, it's it's a simple trick and it kind of takes away, like, it make, it's it's almost a crutch to be like, Oh, we have something now that we can we can rely on for like what he needs to get better at. But it just it, from a storytelling perspective, it makes so much sense. Yeah, to just be like, okay, we've we've got this guy. He's real good at normal racing, but now he's got to get good at at well, these drifting, I, and we can show him getting better at it. Yeah, and I also appreciate just the small moment where Hans like, there's not some magical trick or whatever that yeah. I can give you to fix this immediately. You have to keep practicing. So that made the montage more fun, where he's just like, do it again, mm-hmm. do it again. <laughs> And as I a, like that as as opposed to oh he keeps failing keeps failing sits down defeated and talks with yes. Han for five minutes <laughs> then he learns the magic trick oh you just gotta you just gotta use the the, the nitro right at this point and, you know <laughs> you'll be fine like yeah. they didn't well, do that crap and that was a great at the beginning um he's talking to to Bow Wow and and he's like okay uh what if I need like a thirty second uh tutorial on drifting and, he, and then he's like well you know like there's a billion different ways to do it just just Grab the handbrakes. Start off with that. Like you know, like he he makes it sound like oh, this is a complicated skill to learn. Not yeah. Oh, you just have to like do this thing perfectly, and so then we can just watch his hand do the thing perfectly at the yeah. end of the movie, and it's fine. Um, now it, it's actually like oh, he has to get good at this, and he has to he has to practice. And I think that the, the movie does an effective job of that over the course, like especially starting him being so bad at it, mm-hmm. and then over the course of the movie, him being like okay, we we slowly see him start to pull it off more and, and then he he wins the race against the mini boss and then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah it's also visually interesting to watch drifting yes like i really loved the shot of them drifting through the tokyo like cross walk yeah and that huge crowd of people having to move out of the way as the car went through mm-hmm. like that was really did, good did y'all think that I couldn't tell. Obviously, the movie wants to make sure everyone's safe, and it's got the the, the note at the end of the movie, which mm-hmm. I found kind of amusing. Um, I'm pretty sure that entire set piece was 
digital, or like most of it was digital with the crowd and everything. I didn't catch it. I don't know, and that's so that means regardless, it was impressive. <laughs> yeah, because like, they either it, it made looked, it a convincing. It looked like effect. they had a bunch of extras with a green screen, and they just kind of duplicated them. I, I'm not sure. Maybe I did, I did not notice. It goes that. by really fast, but that was what I yeah. saw. Yeah. Um, but I also really like that the the conceit at the end of the parking deck race is that they have to skid up this the, yeah. the like uh, corkscrew mm-hmm. ramp. Um. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a neat thing to watch, and they find create like Justin Lin finds creative ways to like. It's not just a lot of different corners. Like, okay, now there are people. Now it's a Mm -hmm. mountain, and if you don't skid right, you're gonna fall. Because remember, they're going in the final race. They're driving down the mountain, and then Justin Lin like to show how steep it is. Yeah, he takes the camera and goes over the mountain, and then shows them coming and drifting around the corner. It's impressive. And and, and I, I like how I would think. Normally, like, oh, the final race is just between the two of them and there's nobody else around. Well, we already had the big, like, chase through the streets of Japan or through the streets of Tokyo. Um, That's kind of your big action showstopper set piece, and now we're just kind of lowering it. But he manages to make that ending, like, really exciting and tense. Yeah, no, I agree. And I had the same thought after that big car chase through Tokyo where I was like, oh, we just killed off two main characters like that that whole bit where there's just all the traffic and you see all of them weaving in and out and drifting between the cars i thought that was all really really neat Mm -hmm. yeah i agree for once i'm finally excited about the car chases which (laughs) after the last couple movies i was kind of worried about that i'm also curious if this is the last i assume it's not um well, my understanding is, like, after this, they start to become just kind of straight-up action movies. Right. And so that's, uh, I'm curious about when they start to make that with transition. Like, and if like, it's the next one. fights and fist fights and all that. <clears throat> yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I remember when the gun first showed up in this movie, I was like, you can't have guns in this movie. <laughs> oh, they had guns in the last movie, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and the first oh, yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> These are car movies. Isn't a car just a really big gun? <laughs> I mean, when its name is Optimus Prime, it sure is. Oh, we, yeah. We'll kill them all. Why because hasn't that crossover happened? When Vin Diesel drives Optimus Prime. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, that's, pretty good. okay, that's that's how you, you, you win the, the franchise war right there. Paramount and Universal need Tyrese to Tyrese is already up. in it. Tyrese is in both of them. Now I'm just imagining... Okay, okay, it's Vin Diesel driving the car. He's driving Optimus, but then you have Shia LaBeouf and Mark Wahlberg sitting next say, to I, him. I don't think I can have Mark Wahlberg in the same as yeah, like a leading that. man in the franchise with Vin Diesel. What, you don't, don't want, think... you don't want Cade Yeager in, in Fast that's, and Furious? That's too much. That's just too much. Okay, well, now that you reminded me that his name is Cade Yeager, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm back on board. I am Nemesis Toretto. <laughs> Doesn't he go bad in one of these movies? We gotta insert that line. The best part is when Dwayne Johnson punches Optimus Prime in the face. <laughs> and kills him. He just jumps up and just socks him. He's got he's got brass knuckles made out of like a hubcap yep. or something. Now and I'm then like in I'm imagining the Fast and Furious crew just violently murdering the Autobots, <laughs> and it brings me joy. And there's like a post-credit scene where there's like an even bigger robot, and they're like, I don't know how to fix this. And then Hugh Jackman shows up, and he's like, looks like you guys have been using tin. You need some real steel. <laughs> also, this is my friend Chappie. I really 
really like the idea of them like they're they combine fast and furious and transformers and build up to it for like five years and it's yeah. like this huge thing and then they're like all right what else we got uh, real, real and, steel? and real steel the surprisingly liked movie and then it's just a lot of like Hugh Jackman just boxing Bumblebee, or I don't know what, See, the, what they do. I was afraid when you said Hugh Jackman, because I was thinking Universal. I thought you were going to say Van Helsing, and then you were going to start <laughs> bringing in the monster movies, and then, like, whole can of worms. No, but Alex, that's a great idea. So then, <laughs> the, the it's only Van way, Helsing who can control a robot. <laughs> the only way they can finally figure out the, the, the Dark Universe is to introduce it via... Uh, Transformers and Fast and Furious combined. They have to, like, <laughs> shuttle it in somehow. I really like that idea though of like it's Hugh Jackman wearing all the all the Van Helsing stuff and the wig and the hat, but he's still like in the the real steel like <laughs> uh, uh, auto suit or whatever. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Dracula shows up and he also has an auto suit. Okay, very good. I'm on board. But it's like a new like sexy Dracula, yeah, like a real uh, Luke Evans because it's Dracula Untold. Luke Evans is in one of the Fast and Furious movies. Is he you really? See? Perfect. And then a shark comes up and Jason Satham's like, back for more, huh? Correct me if I'm wrong, and I I hope I'm not wrong. Luke Evans in this, this Fast and Furious series is is in the same family as Jason Statham, Charlize Theron, and Helen Mirren as their mother. Fascinating. I believe, I have, yeah, I believe that's case. true. I think you've told me that. So then it'll have to be Helen Mirren from probably the Hitchcock biopic. I thought you were going to say the <laughs> Red movies. No, maybe like <laughs> the last station where she played Tolstoy's wife, <laughs> or the debt where she plays the older version of Jessica Chastain. Yeah, or maybe like the Hundred Foot Journey where she's that French chef. <laughs> I think that's the one. I think that's it. Good she's thing. like, how you do this? Hey, oh, Good I'm thing. Italian now. Hey, big frying pan. But then, post post credit sequence. They don't know what to do. Megatron's back, and he's sided with Jason Statham, who's a Dracula now, and also the mummy and all this other stuff. What do they do? That's right. Regis. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys need some help? I'm back, baby. I, Regis I, will return. I don't know why, but I was really confident you were going to say Sonic. <laughs> okay. For the first time in my life, I'm going to pull Regis, and we're going to put in Sonic, and then Sonic is there, and he's like, I'm, uh, is this what you want? No, no it's it's the in-game thing where where um, the whoever is walking out of the, the portal, um, <laughs> I, I forget... I think it's it's the guys who are on um, Titan, yeah, uh, and so like Doctor Strange and and I think it's Star Lord and all those guys. So maybe it's Star Lord is supposed to be the big, but then Spider Man swings in. It's yeah. Regis walks up and then Sonic goes, <laughs> 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 like, oh, and Sonic is just like, "Is this what you want?" Just I really, flossing. I really like the idea of thirty minutes of post credit scenes of them just being like, "I don't know what we're gonna do, man." Who else and do we get? Someone else shows up and then they're all then they they stand in the circle. They're like, "I don't know what we're gonna do." Yep, and there's Jason Biggs with a pie on his crotch. Like, can I help? James Marsden just in like street clothes being like <laughs> guys i was in sonic you remember sonic but then amy adams showed up and she's like don't worry prince we have something else to do and then it's enchanted is here to help <laughs> oh my god i think are we making a smash brothers uh, game we are now yes <laughs> doing that okay now i need regis and smash we're gonna stop this conversation before <laughs> the, when he go. gets a smash ball his ultimate is he just like does an interview with them <laughs> 
So solid snake. Uh, for for a snake, you've got a bunch of limbs, and for somebody who's solid, well, you get out of a lot of slippery spots. So tell me, no, no, but we uh, we wish him all the best. Now, Sonic, you're very, very fast. Five minutes ago, I was thinking, man, we're really like on track. Like we're really just talking about this <laughs> movie. And we're really just like cracking it now. Um, <laughs> getting back <laughs> somewhat on topic. Um, I I don't know how I did. I was not aware of Vin Diesel showing up at the end of this movie, but oh, I, right. that was not a thing I knew about. Oh, really? That um, made me really happy. I actually and I, I literally he showed up and I was I threw my my fists in the air and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Once again, I'm disappointed <laughs> like... that I know so much about this franchise going into it because I sure. wish I didn't know that either. Sure. I would have been super excited, well, and it was a cool I, cameo. I was wondering. I was like, oh, I don't know if that's going to be. Uh, Paul Walker, like, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do here. I wasn't sure exactly who it was going to be. And then when it was Vin Diesel, I was like, they got him! Yeah! yeah. Well, it's um, just nice that the, the movie is able to kind of distance itself from the other two movies and be like, no, we're kind of doing our own thing. But then at the end, it's like, all right, we're not forgetting that this is a Fast and Furious yeah. movie. It's almost a post credit scene, but it's nice because it's just, like, part of it. Yes. And then, and then it, it promises, like, oh, this is eventually going to, we're going to spin this back around. Yeah. Well, apparently uh, what happened was the, the movie wasn't testing well with like test audiences mm-hmm. and so the studio was like Vin Vin please, can you please come back and he was like if you give me Riddick and they're like we don't Vin, want it Vin all you have to do is sit in a car Vin I don't understand Riddick well, nobody does <laughs> and so then he got Riddick and got to be in the big movie Riddick more like ridiculous oh um, can't wait to do him uh, the, the other thing that I took away from that cameo is how is that not like more of a meme <laughs> um, which is like a very lame way to put that, but but I genuinely like. I feel like what the song that I know that they use when when Paul Walker drives off. I, I don't know which movie that is, um, but I know that there's a particular song they use that like people really latched on to, and I think there's other bits from this franchise that people have have like hooked on as just like liner. I mean, obviously the whole like family motif. Yeah. Um, but the first thought I had after kind of like processing that that scene because. Uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, Vin Diesel or um, Lucas Black is is in the parking deck where they do all their races, and they're all just having a hangout and a good party time. And then uh, I think is it is it Bow Wow who tells him, or yeah. is it yeah? Uh, he's like, hey, there's there's uh, someone who wants to see you. He says uh, says Han was family, um, and all I could think of was like if at the end of Suicide Squad, <laughs> uh, Will, Will Smith Will Smith's like. I don't know. I don't remember how, where he ends up in the end of Suicide Squad, but he's 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 out, he's in jail or whatever. And then uh, um, and his prison guard walks up and he's like, "Hey, there's someone here to see you." And he's like, "Uh." And then he's like, he says, or she says, uh, "Slipknot was family." <laughs> and then and then Wonder Woman walks in and just like. <laughs> 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 that's, that's all I want now. <laughs> Wonder Woman's cousin Slipknot. Like, I feel like that should be a, along the no, lines of the, she, what are we, some kind of suicide squad she, level. She, wa- she walks in and she goes, he tried to, to run away with a rope, didn't he? Got that trick from me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really liked that that little uh, button on the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I liked seeing Dom again, which is funny, like that he's been in one of these movies, but he was the one they were like, if we if we get you back, yeah, that's what's gonna. Well, you know, he was starring in like the Pacifier. Yeah, I mean, time. he was in my, he was a man. <laughs> no, he of was, part. no, he was he was like actually a uh, I feel like a yeah considered well, a box office draw, and this this franchise helped him. Absolutely, that way. absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, that's interesting, and I, I'm, I'm I'm glad they did that. I think that that worked well. And it helps to like somewhat bridge between. Then, then you don't go from this one to the fourth one like, oh okay. Wait, what? Oh, all right. I guess we're here now. Oh, I guess guess we're just completely. Oh, the third one didn't work. Just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one thing I, w- I will say that I respect about this franchise more than like all of the other ones that go past like four or five movies. It seems to respect its continuity, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really take any of that for granted. It's like, no, no, no. This stuff happened. Even the lesser movies, they happened. And it helps that I, I think the vibe I'm getting so far is that a these movies aren't bad like they, yeah. you know they're, yeah. they're they're entertaining enough and they're 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 schlocky of, but that's not a bad thing um, yeah they're um, sort of endearing enough if nothing else to to make you want to continue seeing these characters and also I think they don't just completely ramp up and blow up the universe real quick right um, and it seems like like it, we talked about this in the last episode but it seems like they slowly sort of Add in new elements in such yeah. a way that you you go from the first one to the ninth one. You're like, how did we get here? But <laughs> along the way, it, it makes sense, and there there is a gradual change. Um, whereas, like, I mean, you've got something like the Transformers movies, where by the second movie, they're like, oh, we're dealing with the giant mega transformer that yeah. can blow up the Earth and is part of the the Egyptian pyramid. Oh my gosh! I mean, and, I would argue the DCEU is the perfect oh, yeah. example. Hundred yeah. percent. Literally, Doomsday. The villain is named Doomsday. Has shown up by the second movie, and you're like, "Oh, okay, he's he, he's just destroying everything, and he killed Superman." All right. Like, do you remember the first one where Zod and everyone wanted to just destroy Earth and remake yeah. it in their own image? What? How am I supposed to feel any stakes when Steppenwolf shows up? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I think some of that comes from this movie, not these movies, not really knowing how far reaching the franchise is, yeah. and just kind of finding it. But I've really enjoyed watching these movies, knowing, and, and this is something we wouldn't have had at the beginning if we watched these movies when they came out. But kind of knowing the base crew later, being like, "Oh, we're picking up these characters as we yes, go along." Yes, hundred percent. We've got the, and now we've got Tyrese and Ludacris. Oh, now we've got Han. Like mm-hmm. we're gradually picking up pieces of this of this this grand tapestry. That is the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's exactly like what you're saying. With they respect the continuity, and they're like, no. "Oh, hey, these are characters we can we can come back to, and it's fun." Yeah, uh, it's <clears throat> fun to see these characters because you recognize them. Yeah, because I'm just were thinking about like even even like super obvious examples like the Halloween franchise, where it's like every two movies they're like, "Nope, everything but the first one didn't happen." Yep. <laughs> Like, guys, what? quit sweeping it under the rug. Like, the audience is paid to see those previous movies. They happened. Don't just ignore them. And if and if you... Don't remake Terminator Genesis to, to be basically the same quality. Just that yeah. you now you have Mackenzie Davis, so I feel better about that. <laughs> but apparently, like... Well, apparently. The thing I like as well is that the, the, this franchise went for me like these not... Like, these critically maligned, just like, kind of... Eh, car movies to being like one of the only dependable franchises, mm. maybe the only non-superhero dependable franchise. Eh, certainly one of. Yeah, and the most. Uh, I would say live action at least. Oh yeah, that's true. Certainly, and uh, it's also not based on anything. Mm-hmm. There's no. It's not based on a comic book. It's, it's a. You know, these are original I characters. Think the idea came from. I don't remember if it was. It's from an article. Yeah. Yeah, the director of the first movie. Um, or this? like the writer, I think of it. Oh yeah, uh, read. Like yeah, an article yeah. and was like, oh, that's an interest, like about racers. Yeah, in let's Los- spill that, spin that well, out. I don't even know if it was in Los Angeles. And it's like- also heavily inspired by Point Break, right? 
Is it? I don't I'm know. Sure. I haven't seen Point Break. I, I haven't seen it either, but that's what I've heard. But then no. also they, they did that, that Point Break remake a few years ago that nobody yeah. saw. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's like a riff on the newer Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> sure. Huh. So it's... Interesting. It's like the snake eating the tail. It's weird. Yeah. 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 Oh, Whereas, and, and this also, I think, it gives you something that you don't get. I mean, it's it's very similar to the MCU model of, hey, don't... We don't have to give up on the old stuff as long as it's fine. Sure. <laughs> as, as long as it is watchable. Yeah. We can continue to reference that and build on that. And people will think will will now look at it as oh look at this epic franchise you have that spans all these movies. They won't really like pick out the individual ones and be like oh those those first few were actually kind of rough. Hey, you guys it's, thought we'd forget that Thor: The Dark World happened, right? Yeah, but that's and then in Endgame they they make fun of Thor: The Dark World and poke fun of themselves, and they also use it use it as a source of emotional like character beats. And so it's like if you continue to just not completely blow it all up. And just to be like, all right, we're just gonna keep, we're gonna keep chopping at it. And then eventually, as long as you are getting good creative to actually make good movies, yeah. people will now see that as a plus of like, oh, look at look at all these movies we have, like you know, and, and we can go back and see the roots, and there's a, a continuity, and a, yeah. it's exciting. And then we'll go pay for your old to see your old movies, and it's all it, it, it you got to have faith in the brand. You know? And I like that it's a franchise that, as huge as it's gotten from where, like, it is a rags to riches story, very much so. But it remembers its rags, and mm-hmm. it's like, come back, come be in our movies. Mm-hmm. Like, you're still a part of this. It's not like, oh, we have The Rock, we don't want you, yeah. Hector, we don't want you to be in our movie. It's yeah. like, no, come on, come back and be in our movies. Like, you're all part of this. It's fun. As long as as the franchise doesn't have a climax with a blue laser shooting into the sky, I think we're <laughs> sure. I think we're okay. I think that's we're sucking up shape. all the Nissans. We gotta <laughs> we gotta close it. Also, I'd like to point out John Cena is in both Bumblebee and F Nine. Mm-hmm. He's the Link. He is. He is also Link. Link in Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Sip. Okay, okay, but but John Cena is Ganondorf. Oh, in a, okay. In a live action live that Zelda. is very good. Hey, how are you? I'm a very charismatic Ganondorf. Uh, I don't really know what my plan is, but I am a pig wizard of sorts. I, every time I think of John Cena now, and I, I'm hoping that when we get to F9, I will have new lines to, to attach to him. But right now, all I can think of is his line from Bumblebee where he says, There's a door in my way! Um, because that's just like, every time I think of John yeah. Cena, that's what I think of. And so I just get this like glee <clears throat> that I can't really explain to anybody who hasn't seen the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I wish there was something from Bumblebee that I could think about a lot and reference a lot. What a shame. The joke being that there is one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's our uh, podcast uh, for the day. A, a robot wraps a chain around other robots. <laughs> robots using chains. Dwayne Johnson using chains. <gasps> and then Marley's ghost is there because it's also Christmas. <laughs> Dom, you will be visited by three spirits. Surely somebody it's in, a, Casper, in a Hollywood it's the Frank room. Miller spirit. <laughs> and it's um he's another good ghost slimer <laughs> surely okay. somebody in a hollywood boardroom has thought of this right like what if we cross over fast and furious and transformers I'm, i know there was sure. different studios but yeah. this well, has they, to have been somebody's I, thought. i'm sure specifically the marvel sony partnership on spider-man has led somebody to be like oh what if we could pull that off with something else? what we could do all sorts of franchise oh man also uh just in general um so Fast and Furious is with Universal, yes, right. Um, 
this could not have happened at Warner Brothers. This this whole <laughs> franchise. We're only we're only three <laughs> movies in, and I'm already like, no, there's this no way they would have. This would have died a horrible death it, a long it, time ago. It wouldn't have happened at Fox. It probably wouldn't have happened at Disney. Um, I think they just kind of got lightning in a bottle with with the MCU in general, and I guess Pixar. But that's kind of if you want if you want a good um, example of why this wouldn't have worked at Fox. Um, Speed Two Cruise Control. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it's 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 the kind of thing where I think you've. I mean, it's very similar. Uh, again, I'm comparing it to the MCU because I think. I mean, these are both two of the more successful franchises out yeah, there right certainly. now, and, and like you said, dependable. Um, but specifically in terms of the fact that it was given time to just sort of gestate, yeah, <laughs> and no one like really cared that much because they were just like, eh, "You're you're making profits, I guess." Yeah, yeah that's no fine. one really watched. We're not. Yeah. We I don't know. We got other stuff. We're just kind of you know doing yeah. our own thing. And so like Universal, they they can't. They don't have anything else to focus on. They don't have like. I mean, I know they've they've got a handful of of stuff that comes up every now and then. That they Universal basically has the monsters, Fast and Furious, and like Despicable Me. That's yeah. like all yeah. they have. And and so yeah, and that was after these kind of initial few movies. And so they, it's basically just. Uh, I guess, yeah, just keep doing that. You, you know, you, you, I don't. It, it wasn't I very that, well reviewed, but it made money. I guess they have Jason Bourne as well, but do they? Yeah, but that's still like, I don't know. I, I it, it's the kind of thing where because they they have more desperation, I think, for sure. good properties that they're willing to just be like, well, we can't really like interfere because we have no proof that we're going to make this work any better. Like right, we, right. we're not achieving trying to strive for anything in the way that like a Warner Brothers might be trying to make the Hobbit. Like Lord of the Rings, or yeah, yeah, you know, uh, the, the Fox is trying to make Fantastic Four into the X Men. You know, it's, sure, it's that sure. sort of thing. Of they, it was a, a time and a situation where they just didn't really have anything else to uh, like. I don't know, compare it to and force yeah. it into. Um, that's neat, and I'm very excited to see these continue, especially because these are the the lowest rated ones, and I think we all pretty much were like, yeah. Fun times. I agree. So, guys, I remembered something. That was a good start from my childhood. And <laughs> okay. this is I, we're, we're talking good continuation. about continuation. We're talking about superstar mashups. This okay. is perhaps the ultimate. It is called Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. Now, this was a 1990 animated uh, television special. I think I've heard of this. It is a drug abuse prevention okay. special. And it is the plot chronicles the exploits of Michael, a young teenage boy who's using marijuana. (laughs) His younger sister, Corey, is constantly worried about him, so it sounds like she could use a puff, because he has started acting differently. When her piggy bank goes missing, her cartoon tie-in toys come to life to help her find it. And then they find out that, like, he's stolen money to get drugs and everything. So it's about a bunch of cartoons helping a kid not do drugs. What cartoons are going to help us with that? The following. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Okay. Huey, Dewey, and Louie from the DuckTales. Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Babies Kermit, Piggy, and Gonzo from the Muppet Babies. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Slimer from Ghostbusters. <laughs> Papa Smurf, Brainy Smurf, and Hefty Smurf. Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle. Just Michelangelo. Just Michelangelo. Which is funny that of all the turtles, they thought who should who wouldn't be using marijuana? It's Michelangelo, not Leonardo or Donatello. Duh, as as a someone who knows all about 
Ninja Turtles, definitely, 100%. I'm just saying, there is no way Leonardo is not a teetotaler. Um, (laughs) uh, But also, Alf and Garfield. So all of these cartoons get together to help um, and help this kid not do drugs. I really like the fact that it's marijuana and not like cocaine. Like he's 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 got a bad spinning habit on pot. <laughs> Look, he's smoking a tobacco pipe, and there's Huey Dewey and Louie being angry at him, and Slimer and Michelangelo's <laughs> crazy. This is amazing. It's amazing how many of these characters look like they're on drugs right now. That's yeah, namely okay. Garfield fascinating yeah so that's something that i would just uh so i think we have an obligation to review that at some point um, oh, i thought that was going to be britain's recommendation for this week no it's not um that's going to be a whiplash tonal shift um but uh i think we do need to review this some yeah is your recommendation going to be the road <laughs> <laughs> that might be our uh, 200th episode right there boys um oh or our 420th episode <laughs> okay okay maybe if we think we got 219 extra movies. Uh, okay. Is there anything else you want to say about Tokyo Drift? I don't think so. I'm giving it a C plus. Okay. And what'd you give the last one? The last one I gave a C minus. Okay. I, th- I think um, this is a very, very average by the numbers story that's elevated by the production and the actual filmmaking. I'm going to go C minus. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so you thought it was worse than the past couple? I mean, worse is a strong word. It it didn't. I wasn't as engaged with it, mm-hmm. but I likewise recognize that there is, in, in some ways, better craft in behind certain elements of this. I'm gonna go with B minus. And honestly, the woman saying the winner gets me knocked off a lot of points from for Britain. So do we have so currently, uh, Alex? We have the same rankings for the first three. One, three, two, correct? Yeah. And then you've got one, two, three? Mine might be, I don't know, maybe something. Two and one are kind of tied for me. One and two are tied, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because I think they're, I mean, I think one is a better movie, two is more fun. But I don't think I'm going to love any of these movies until we get to, like, the last few, until they get the crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is another reason I'm keeping my ratings low, because I'm like, I don't want to overrate and then get sure. to the later movies and, like, well, where can I go from here? But I'll tell you where I can go to the recommendation segment. Merging. Drifting. Drifting into the recommendation segment. So, uh, again, tonal shift. As you guys probably saw, as a lot of our listeners might have seen, the actor Max von Sydow uh, passed away mm-hmm. a few days before this recording. He is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite actors. And I've, like, I'm still, like, parsing out, like, I don't really know, like, what the words are that I want to say about him, like how to really sum that up and like properly express that. Cause I just like, I love Max von Sydow. He was 90 years old, which mm-hmm. is amazing. And he had this just extraordinary career. And so my, my recommendation is not so much a specific recommendation as it is an entreatment to just wh- whatever the way you watch movies is streaming DVDs, YouTube, whatever, just go to that thing, type in Max von Sydow and just, Pick a title that that appeals to you, whether it's something you've never seen or something that you have seen and you're going back to. The re- and I, Alex has given me a lot of stuff here. Max von Sydow, <laughs> as as anyone who has worked as often and as broadly as him, he has been in some movies that aren't good. Sure. And the reason I'm suggesting just type it his name is because 
you're probably going to like him at least mm-hmm. because the the goal of this is not so much to usually when I do recommendations it's like hey here's this thing you might not have heard of go check out this movie this is like go celebrate this the legacy of this actor who did he made 11 movies with Ingmar Bergman which is amazing going on to like do all le- all level of quality and distribution and all just all two Oscar nominations and all this other kind of stuff and but but he was this just extraordinary performer who I always and I obviously I haven't seen everything I never saw Flash Gordon I, I I've, there's a lot of stuff that I, of his that I haven't seen but I always enjoyed something about him and so I I entreat the 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 listeners to whatever that movie is like I said if it's because you're like I've never seen the Seventh Seal go watch the Seventh Seal it's awesome um, or if it's revisiting like Minority Report or Conan. Or for me, it was What Dreams May Come, the Robin Williams movie, which I haven't watched since before Robin Williams passed because I was like – after Robin Williams passed away, I was like, I don't know if I can watch that movie. But then when Max von Sydow passed away, like that was immediately in my head. And so, I mean, minutes after I read it, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch What Dreams May Come. And that movie is weirdly maligned, but it totally works on me. And that's one of the movies that like really got Max von Sydow onto my radar. I think he's really excellent in that. He's one of those people I just like looking at him. I just like listening to him. Doing, you know what I mean? Like he's just one of those fa- – I, I just like seeing him act. I just like listening to his voice. I just like the way he, he performs. He's, he's just such a he, – he, th- th- this is the beautiful thing about movies is that you can talk about someone's who's passed away. You can talk about their, their life in the past tense but their work in the present tense, which you, you really only get that in like movies and, and television. And Laura, I mean, I, I, I love theater, and there's something immortal and brief about theater simultaneously. But that's the the preservation of movies is as as lucky uh, as we are to 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 have it. I mean, we're just we're, we're really lucky that there are so many decades worth of movies where Max von Sydow has been preserved in some form. So that 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 is my encouragement. Go out there, find someone Max von Sydow in it. Enjoy the movie. You know, if it's something you already know, just enjoy it. But but pay a little attention to that guy because he was odds are he's doing something pretty cool. Just one snarky comment to add on to that. Maybe that's don't. a good yeah. The, let the, do you want to make a snarky comment after I eulogized a beloved actor? I, I think he's absolutely wonderful. Maybe avoid never say never again, and I'll leave that it is, at that. That is a fair caveat. <laughs> It is a bad movie. He is not the problem in that movie, but there's also not enough of him to like. He's make also that in worth one watching. scene, or maybe two. No, that's, that's what I was saying. Like he, the, you don't get enough of him to like mitigate the rest of that movie. Yes, yes, and that is a fair caveat. That's a pretty bad movie. <laughs> just, I, I, I wasn't gonna completely just like undercut your your entire eulogy there, but <laughs> I, I felt the need to add a giant asterisk there when you said, yeah, don't. "Literally, watch anything he's been in; it'll be fine." <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe maybe not that one specifically, <laughs> but uh, broad, broadly speaking, you're gonna get to enjoy some Max von Sydow work. Yes. Anybody else do any fun Googles recently? Summing up anything from their childhood? Alex, you got some Page Master trivia for us? With Page Master, it's a movie from from the, <laughs> the mid '90s. It stars Macaulay Culkin. I never and saw that movie. Somehow, it's uh pretty good. As aware as I was of it, I, I somehow never saw it. Or maybe I did and don't remember it. I want to watch it, regardless. You can find us online and here on sequels.blogspot.com. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. Uh, you can find us on 
Spotify and iTunes if you give us a search. And probably something else. Here come the sequels.blogspot.com. Did I say that? Yeah, and the Gmail and the Twitter. And the Gmail and the Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Bandcamp is not a thing we're on. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no. yeah. If, if just, you guys would ever show up. listing all the things we're not on, Tyler. <laughs> if you guys would ever show up to a rehearsal, maybe we would don't be on Bandcamp. Go to, don't go to, yeah. Um, Carry this whole band by myself. <laughs> just me and a me and a Casio keyboard in my garage. Just like, <laughs> they said they'd be here. I want to get us some real gigs. And um, we're not on Club Penguin. <laughs> no one's on Club Penguin. Not anymore, so. yet. Yeah. We are on Neopets, but you got to find That is us. the ultimate goal of this podcast, is to revive Club Penguin with our profits. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to have a Neopet designed after me. <laughs> kick it off with a... With a cool Club Penguin party. <laughs> Club Penguin, here come the sequels party. Um, <laughs> yep. All the penguins are dressed like in Batman and the Batman one. Make some make some pizza. Yeah. Do some swears. Because <laughs> <laughs> our Club Penguin will have no moderation. It's going to be good. Nah, dude. You know how much we love doing swears. It's going to be wild. It's gonna be penguins. <laughs> does does everyone know what Club Penguin is? And I'm not a hundred percent sure what it is. And follow up: Is there any adequate way to descri- describe Club Penguin that doesn't sound completely insane? Because it's it's a it's like a you can it, give it a try. <laughs> it's like an MMORPG, right? Um, <laughs> the massively multiplayer online role playing game, um, but it's you're all penguins. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just walk around. There's like mini games, and you can like chat into the world. And you just like the world is like 2D. And uh-huh. You're just kind of like okay. waddling along it. And you have these little. You can you can have these like little puffball pets. You could. This is all past okay. tense okay. because uh, they shut it down. There's probably another thing. I don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't. Everyone know who... go to the Matrix Online. Oh wait, they shut that down too. I I don't know. Why it happened or why it was popular? I think it was an ARG experience for March of the Penguins. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but I loved it. And many people did. And I we'll, don't, do, we'll, I we'll, we'll bring it back when we do our Happy Feet March of the Penguins. Uh, <laughs> we'll, review, we'll spend a podcast yeah. talking about Club Penguin. We'll come with it. A, a boy today walked up to me at, at work and he asked me if, if we have a book called Popular MMOs. Okay. And, and clarifying what he meant so I knew what to type in, I said, do you mean MMOs like the massive multiplayer online video game? And he went, no, it's a book. And I went, well, this isn't going to go anywhere, so. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, kid, never mind. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Never found that book. Sad, really. Um, visit your local library and visit us at all the stuff Tyler mentioned. And but vi- not Bandcamp. And visit us again next week. When maybe we'll read some of your letters if you've sent it, but mostly we'll be talking about Fast and Furious, right? Yes, Fast and Furious. It'll be a good time. (laughs) Who have you been? I've been Tyler. So that would make you... Britain. Oh, okay. So, well, I've been Alex, and uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Batman, eh? Good callback. (laughs) 